0: visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Now, if you can indulge me, but honor God, and please stand for the brief reading of God's word, uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 19, verse 14. And here begins the reading of God's word. It says, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark." Which they of old time have set in thy inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. And listen. Now, as we're continuing with our current sermon series, we have been talking about leading with love, and now we sprinkled a little bit on this thing. We're leading with love as according to family values, according to our family values, right? And as we talked about on last week, we talked about one family value or value that should be a, a value, but to each family is that a responsibility, right? And so we understand family values are a set of beliefs that are passed down from generation to to generation right they help you define what you think is important and what you think is good and how one will conduct themselves throughout society amen now we talked about moral values where you talk about knowing the difference between right and wrong and then concepts of that include kindness integrity honesty generosity or we talked about personal conduct and social behavior right which is letting us know how an individual behaves, right, or treats others, stand up for those who need help. And and concepts of those are showing respect for your elders or showing respect for women or confronting bullying and things of that nature, right? Then we talked about spiritual and religious values, you know the things that we believe in, we believe in that there is someone or something greater than ourselves, right? Someone or something greater than ourselves. And the concepts that are involved with our spiritual or religious values are worship and prayer, fellowship and and, and companionship, right? And so as we press forward and push forward, we are going to be talking about discipline. We're going to be talking about discipline. Uh, And when you talk about discipline, it it is a value. It is a concept that is very, very much needed in today's society. It is a concept that is very much needed in today's structure of the family and within the unit of the family. Amen. And so We are here in the book of Deuteronomy, the Dutros of God, right? Where we are talking uh, 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 and going to be talking about our title. Our title for this morning is simply this. There is no school like the old school. There is no school like the old school. I'm going to say it one more time because I feel like saying it. There is no school like the old school. And just for good measure, there is no school like the old school. I wish I had somebody. Uh, who who didn't mind hanging on to some of the values of the old school, right? I know everybody nowadays is trying to be new school. It's new school this and new school that. But there is no school like the old school, amen? And as we're in the book of Deuteronomy, the deutros of God, right? We understand out of the Pentateuch, Moses is writing to the Israelites, God's chosen people. Uh, Before Moses actually dies off, he's writing. And bringing about an understanding what must take place as God is allowing the people of God to now get ready to enter into the promised land that he promised way back to Abram. But they if you're going to live in this land, there is a certain way that you must live. If you're going to be in covenant relationship with this God, remember they had brought themselves into covenant relationship back at Sinai, the Sinaitic covenant. If you're going to be in covenant relationship with this God, there was a certain way to be in relationship with this holy God. And so when we talk about this particular book, right, the name Deuteronomy simply means repetition of the law. And so what we see, Moses, is, is, is he's writing and, and informing the people of how they're supposed to live according to the laws of God, the ways of God in this promised land, how they're supposed to have relationship with this holy God inside of this promised land. Now, when you think about the name Deuteronomy means repetition of the law, but the Hebraic name of the book is, Hadem which means these are the words. These are the words that, that, that Moses is pinning by way of the Holy Spirit to allow the people to know how to conduct themselves in the promised land with a holy God. Amen. And and a lot of times we get away or come away from what was taught to us. When you think about these family values or set of values that have been instilled in us, most of us, we see the new school, how things are working inside of society. And we feel like, okay, well, hey, this new school is allowing us to be free spirited, allowing us to do what we want. In other words, okay, it's, it's, uh, we're in the place of grace. That's how, you know what I'm saying, you find that in most churches. Now, we're in the place of grace, uh, and we're all for grace. We are all for grace. Make no mistake about it. But this radical grace movement, this radical grace movement, how people are trying to make you believe that it's okay to just go and do what you want to do, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie because Paul tells us. Don't frustrate the grace of God. And then Paul also tells us why grace came to teach you how to live holy and to how to live righteous before God. So if he's teaching you, if grace is teaching you how to live holy and live righteous, then, then understand. We got to come away from this mindset of thinking that I could just go out here and be free willy and do what I want to do, when I want, how I want, and with whom I want. Because there is grace. Oh, no. What a deception. What a deception. What a deception. Now, I want to start this story up because I said uh, 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 we're talking about the family value of that of discipline. Right. I want to start this off by, by talking about a story. Right? I, I just recently had the pleasure of eating dinner, a, a small, intimate dinner, a small, intimate gather with some people that I'm very, very fond of, some people that I really, really, really like. And me being who I am, I'm going to be Lincoln because I don't know how to be anybody else because truth be told, everybody else is taken. So I don't have any choice but to be me. So while I was being me within this intimate setting, within this intimate gathering around some comfort, good food, I began to talk to one of the individuals at the table. I was saying, hey, don't you want to partake of this cow, this piece of cow, this this piece of beef? And, And the individual replied, no, I don't want that. I don't want that anymore. And I was persistent. Come on, look at me and look at him and look at her and look at us as we eat. This beef It's good for you to eat a piece of this beef, but they remain steadfast in their position. No, I don't want it. A matter of fact, they went as far as to say, I don't think I'm ever going to eat beef again. Now, that's nothing wrong with that. What I want you to understand, the reason why I'm telling the story is because there was sometimes you don't recognize just how disciplined you are. When the enemy will try to make you believe that you don't have discipline, listen, there is discipline in your life and sometimes you overlook the discipline that is in your life and God will have to point it out to you. Listen, if you could be disciplined about what you're going to put in your body. Listen, you could be disciplined in every area of your life. He wants to show you that there is discipline that you can walk in. He's showing you through the example of you being disciplined about what you're willing to put in your body. Now, I commend that individual. I admire that individual for their stance and for their position. It's encouraging, matter of fact. understand? So as we talk about Discipline. This is what I want you to understand. You know, as we are moving into this particular book, right, before we get to verse number 14, right, uh, in chapter number 14, it begins to talk about the cities of refuge, the cities of refuge, And, and the Bible gives us an example. These cities of refuge are put in place. For example, if a man and his friend goes into the woods to cut down a tree, and while he's slinging his axe to cut down the tree, the axe blade should happen to come off of his, you know what I'm saying, handle of the axe, and accidentally, notice I said accidentally kill his friend then he can run to one of these cities of a refuge and be safe because understand you know just like I know if somebody hurt somebody in your family there is something called revenge that arises up that makes you want to go take somebody out you did it to me I got to do it to you you did it to us and we have got to do it to you you know the McCoys and the Hatfields a uh, uh, constant war No, but but God instituted the city of refuge, a place of safety. And so between that, you then find this particular passage of scripture and and beneath this particular passage of scripture, the Bible begins to talk about witnesses that 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 something can only be established by The the words of two or more witnesses. It's, It's not good enough for you to just have one person. It's not good enough for your word against my word, but we have to have witnesses because if we have two or more witnesses, then the word shall be established. What was said shall be so. So how's between God talking about cities of refuges and, and, and witnesses, we find this particular passage of Scripture where God begins to allow Moses to pen and talk about landmarks, landmarks, landmarks. So we say there's no school like the old school. And I like the fact that when we started on, our introductory song was Jesus be a fence, denoting Boundary, because when you talk about landmarks, it denotes boundaries. Jesus, be a fence, be a protection, be a protection. A sense of boundary around me, a border around me. So as stated, were, we're talking about discipline. And discipline is defined simply as this right here. Number one, it is punishment for the sake of correction. Discipline is punishment for the sake of correction. Um, So so think about it, you know, when, when, when those of us who are parents, and you don't have to be a parent, you as an adult, when you see a child doing something that is not right and appropriate, right? It is okay when you talk about punishment, if you have to raise your voice or if you have to tap them legs, punishment for the sake of correction. I'm correcting you because I love you. I'm correcting you because you are better than what you just did. Number two, discipline is defined as control gained by enforcing obedience or order. Control gained by enforcing obedience or order. And we see this in some of the third world countries and things like that communism is still uh, very much present where where people are are forced into obedience or forced to live a certain way of life. Definition number three it says orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Number three and number four is where we would try to find ourselves when we look at verse number 14. Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. As stated, uh, if you're going to dwell in this promised land and have covenant relationship with this God, then you must live in an orderly fashion. There must be a prescribed conduct. So God has given a, a prescribed way to live. This is how you're supposed to behave. This is how you're supposed to interact, not just with me, the holy God, but with your neighbors as well. So orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. And one thing we know about God, God, he works in patterns. He does things in patterns. And so when it comes to your behavior, your behavior is not exempt when it comes to the patterns of God. Think about Christ, how he humbled himself and was obedient even unto death. There was a pattern in how we're supposed to live. Christ became the ultimate example on how we should live and govern ourselves here in the earth realm as believers having to deal with sinner men. Throughout our normal day, he gave us the example on how we're supposed to govern ourselves. He lived a disciplined life. When he was around sinners, he was disciplined enough to never come outside of himself, to never allow them, the peer pressure of who they were, to persuade him to act out of character. He was disciplined in his humility, he was disciplined in his obedience. We're talking about orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Then we talk about training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties of moral character. Training that corrects training. Notice the ING. Doing something consistently. I'm building up a repetition as I train. uh, Where muscle memory is now coming into the forefront. Training that corrects. I'm training my mind. I'm training my mouth. I'm training my speech. I'm training my ears. I'm training my heart. I'm training my hands. I'm training my feet. I'm training this body. To be corrected. To live in a corrected posture before God. In a corrected manner before God. Right? So it's this training that corrects molds. I am allowing myself through the training to be mold on how I'm supposed to live in covenant relationship with God in this promised land. Not just with God, but with my neighbors. I am allowing myself to be molded. So through this training that corrects most or perfects the mental faculty, notice he's dealing with my mind. If I'm going to be successful with living in the promised land and living in covenant relationship with God, he has got to deal with my mind. In other words, I've got to allow my mind to become disciplined. Yes, I must allow my mind to be disciplined. A lot of days, it's, it's, it's your mouth that you kind of discipline for the most part. In other words, you 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 have fixed it or got yourself to the point where you're not going to speak, but you're thinking. So in other words, what that that I'm thinking that I really want to say, I have disciplined my mouth enough not to say that that I'm thinking. I'm having all kind of crazy thoughts in my head, but I got enough sense not to say it because I could possibly lose my job. And I need this paycheck. So understand, I'm not willing to to step out of line and say exactly what I'm thinking or say exactly what it is that I feel. I got a little bit of discipline in my mouth. But understand, it's not your mouth that we're worried about. We understand if you get the mind, then your mouth has got to follow. If he gets your mind disciplined, then your heart has got to follow. If he gets your mind disciplined, then the rest of your body shall follow training that corrects modes or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. If, if I allow my mind to remain undisciplined, you don't understand how this is affecting your character. Case in point, if we go back to the, the previous example, if, if I say what it is that I'm thinking that I know that's not right, now my character suffers a blow, suffers a hit, suffers some damage, because I said what I shouldn't have said, I lack discipline. You understand? So he's it's it's all about bringing discipline to this mindset, right? And so the thing is, there's a new generation that is coming into the promised land. I understand? God has allowed the old generation to die off, and there is a new generation that is coming into the promise, and, and Moses. He's encouraging them how they're supposed to live in covenant relationship with the holy God and with the neighbors while dwelling in the promised land. Listen, in order to accomplish this, you are going to have to have some discipline about yourselves. About yourselves. So he says in the scripture, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark." Which they of old time have set in thy inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Now understand landmarks denoted boundaries of where land began and ended. It was, a, it was a, a distinction between my land and my neighbor's land. Or it was a distinction between this neighboring nation and the nation of Israel. So the landmarks were important. If you move the landmarks, you would bring about confusion. And because there was confusion, it could possibly bring about wartime. When we're supposed to have peace, it could possibly bring about wartime because lines have been crossed. You have crossed over into my territory. You have crossed over into my land without my permission. And you crossing over into my land without permission signifies war. So even countries in today and age, especially over in the Middle Eastern culture, there were still landmarks that denote this is where this country's territory begins and ends. And it is respectable to leave the landmark in place as we see in Scripture. And the Bible lets us know if indeed an individual should go and remove the landmark, they bring about a curse upon themselves if they go and remove the landmark. Landmark, right? Now, we understand the landmark denotes barriers, borders, boundaries. So we're talking about discipline. So let's talk about some of the boundaries of family, right? The family structure, right? Uh, If you notice, because we're dealing with a lot of new school in this day and age, in 2021, uh, the the, 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 the landmark that has been established in accordance with the family, one man, one woman, hmm, the boundary has been moved. The family, according to the Bible, one man, one woman. One man, one woman. The boundary has been moved to now. It can be uh, 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 one man and another man. And it could be one woman and another woman. It could be one man and five women. You understand what I'm saying? No, but the definition of what God gave was one man, one woman but the boundary has been moving. We will understand why there's so much confusion in the upbringing of our children nowadays, while some of them feel as if they were born homosexual because they see confusion all around them. And this confusion is coming by way because somebody took it upon themselves, made a decision to move a landmark. Oh, that was put in place. By the old school. Uh, I know you're trying to get away from the old school, but let me remind you about the old school. Listen, the old school, some days we got to go back to the old school. And even when you think about the old school in church, now understand we might be there for a significant amount of time, but make no mistake about it. Most of the old school, they couldn't read like you can read today, they could study like you can study today, they didn't know no Hebrew nor any Greek words, but understand hand, it was something about their moan and it was something about their groan and they was simplicity in their prayers before God, but in the simplicity of their prayers before God, make no mistake that there was power in their prayer, the anointing accompanied their prayer, authority was in their prayer Thing I'm talking about when they did this right mmm, Jesus and they would begin to clap their hands like that right there, and, and, and if their child was in trouble, see they didn't have those words of sophistication like you and I, they would simply say, God save my baby, yes. Yeah. Mm. Help, Lord. They will pray like that. Save my girl. Help Lord, you gotta, and there was power in that right there. We're talking about they were disciplined and how they talked to God, they they consistently talked to God throughout the day. Power, oh, and I know, I know they don't pray like that no more. They, they they teaching you now, you gotta say all these elaborate words and how wonderful you are, oh God, up in heaven, seated on your throne in the third heaven, where the angels are bowing before you, and the 24 elders are casting their crown. Well. While you saying all of that? Remember, old school and already got in His presence. By mm, they already there. Why are you still babbling words? They are already there. Listen, we can't get away from some of the landmarks that the old school has laid before us. It serves as markers on how we're supposed to go, where we're supposed to go. But I know I've been there, and I'm going to ask the question, do you know somebody, and can you relate? Have you ever been there when you were growing up as a teenager you thought you were much, 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 much smarter than your daddy and much, 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 much smarter than your mama? You thought you knew better than them, like, like as if they have not lived before you. You understand? You can tell them what was best for you on how to raise you. Uh, I wish I had some help right about here because it's getting harder right about now, and I wish I had some innocence to help me go ahead and pray and pull this thing right on through Because I know you want me to stop But I won't stop until you get enough Because understand understand. People are moving the landmarks The barriers in accordance with the family But the Bible declares One man, one woman One man, one woman One man, one man, one man One, man, one woman Understand, understand, understand And so we see the structure of the family Coming under attack Families are in trouble Oh, yes. Families are in trouble, even for the family that ha- consists of the one man, the one woman. The structure, the unit of the family is under attack. The enemy is vehemently is coming after the structure and the unit of the family. He wants to change the nature and the character and the image of the family into what he wants it to be. Oh, but I wish I had somebody who was not afraid and unashamed to say the devil is a lie. My family will represent God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're talking about building strong families. You got to understand these families that they're putting together now, baby, there ain't nothing strong about that. That thing is perverted, what they're putting together. That thing is contamination in that thing. it's pollution in that thing because it is not what God said. And you got to be man and woman up to look at this thing pray for but be willing to tell the truth it's not what god said somebody has moved the landmark somebody has taken it upon themselves to make an executive decision a kingdom decision that goes against the word of god no but god has to have somebody that's willing to stand and speak about the landmark being moved and that's why curses are now entering and curses are trying to come and attack and come upon the structure and the unit of the family because if you remove the landmark, there comes a curse. So he said, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thy inheritance, right? Well, what about this this, this, this right here, this right here? Because we're talking about discipline, discipline, discipline. What about this right here? Parents have got to be parents. I don't care how old your child is, you have got to be a parent and not your child's best friend. And see, this new school is telling folks, it's telling parents to to be your child's best friend. That thing does something to me when I hear a child talking about my mama is my best friend and my daddy is my best friend. I'm not saying your father or your mother can't come to a place where they understand you as you have matriculated through life, have matured a little bit through life. And you made it to your 20s and now your early 30s. And they may be sitting in their late 50s. I'm not saying they have not come to a place where they don't understand. You better, you have changed You have developed, you have been nurtured By the world, you have been shaped By your world experiences And all of these things but parents are supposed to be parents And not best friends Because mm. understand If you lack discipline in being your child's parent And be your friend See friends, if it's not a true friend Friends will let things slide for the sake of I don't want to ruin our relationship You know a true friend is willing to tell you the truth This is how you know a true friend They're willing to tell you the truth Even if it run the risk Of damaging the relationship uh, I love you enough to tell you the truth Even if that means Means the truth that I tell you, you don't like it enough that you are willing to say, you know what, that's ending our friendship because of what you just said to me, because that's what you think. That guess what? We are no longer friends. A true friend is willing to risk the relationship by the truth that they're willing to tell you. If you got so-called friends, maybe those are not friends, they're unwilling to tell you the truth. What they really are are friend of means. They're they friend of means. That's all they are. Friend of means they're friends who dis- enemies who disguise themselves as friends. they act like friends but on the inside they can't stand you on the inside they are jealous of you on the inside they regret even being around you all the time understand you got to know your personnel you have got to know your personnel who you're dealing with parents must be parents and not best friends of children you must discipline yourself See, for most of us, you let your age get in the way. Well, I'm older now and they older now and I ain't got to do so much. No, as I told my children, this is what you got to understand. I don't care when you married in your own house with your own husband, got your own babies and your own dog. This is what you need to know. I'm going to always be your parent. That's what you need to understand. I'm going to always be your parent until the day I die. I am going to be your parent. Don't look for me to be your friend. Now, I can understand you, but don't you look for me to be your friend. I am going to always be your parent. Make no mistake about it. I ain't signing up to be a friend. That's not what he called me when he gave you to me. When he gave you to me, he gave me the role of being a father. Father, not friend. Father. Don't you confuse the F word. Father, not friend. So I must be disciplined with my interactions with my child. I must be disciplined by my interactions with my neighbor. Oh, it, it's good to be disciplined. It's good to be disciplined. We can't remove the landmark. Notice, you if you go back to your great-granddaddy or your great-grandmama, whatever you call the big mama, whoever, mama them, mama them, and daddy, big daddy, was not trying to be your best friend. See, I'm glad I still got some old school parents. To this day, my mama in, in, her, in, her, in her 70s, listen, and, and you got to understand when I was a teenager, I knew physically I could overpower my mother. But my mother put a fear down in me She said, listen I'm going to tell you this And I'm going to tell you one time If you ever raise your hand to me Baby, the police are going to be pulling me off of you Now, I can run that risk Because I understand I can overpower her physically But I also understood who she came from And where she came from Don't get it twisted Sister got a two-piece Don't get it twisted She got some bounce in her step when she got to do it I, It's still in her seven. I said, listen As in her 70s I still got enough respect And I still know that I can overpower her But there is something that she has instilled in me That I won't raise my hand Something called respect I respect who she is That I'm not Crazy enough, silly enough to raise my hand because I understand. In her early seventies, she would backhand me—not just quick, but hard. So there is a healthy respect that I have for my mother. There is a healthy respect that I have for my father. You got to understand—they don't happen nowadays. They don't have it nowadays. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Where I come from, the FLA, the bottom, listen, see, I ain't have time to fear nobody because I come from the bottom. There's only one place for me to go that is up. That's because I come from the bottom. It's only up. So I ain't got time to be fearing nobody. Listen, my heart don't pump Kool-Aid. It never will. It pumps strictly blood. And this is what you got to understand. But this is what you got to know about me. It has been a good while since I've been in Florida. Now, um, there is no fear, but I have a healthy respect for some of these jits. And what we call jits in Florida is, look, Little, little Young cats, little young cats We call them jits in Florida, right Cause see, jits, they, they not making jits How they used to be, when I was a jit Understand, we came at you like this right here If there was an issue, we solved it like This right here, uh, bye, 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 bye Let's square, let's knuckle up, whatever you want to call it When I was a jit, but nowadays These jits right here, these jits Are popping off, and what do I mean when I say popping off Ain't none of this right here, baby It's this right here, right here, right here, right here Fast, quicker than a hurry, they popping off And you got to be careful, Uh, How you look at some of these jits You sure better be careful What you say to some of these jits Why? Because some of them are trying to make a name for themselves Some of them trying to get street clear Some of them are trying to get respect in these streets Right? By way of a gun So I'm careful when I go back to the FLA Uh, When I go back to some of the familiar places And see some of the familiar people I'm careful of of what I say to some of these jits because uh, they they trigger fingers it's, it's listen, they don't have no safety on, on that joint. They they and they and they trigger fingers itchy. And I, I listen, I don't want to be an accidental shot. So I'm I'm careful. You know, and understand, not afraid, careful. Because they don't make just how they used to, and all they seeking is some respect. Now, if you were to ask me. Would, would it, do, do Would I give them, or do I think it's proper respect that they got? I don't ever think it's proper respect if you got to get it by using a gun. To me, you're a coward, you know, but I ain't gonna say that because they got that too. they got that gold, oh, no. They got that silver, that silver thing in their pocket and <laughs> their pants I ain't about to say that. So I got enough sense. I got enough sense. just, just be wild or not nowadays, right? They don't have no discipline. They're undisciplined, untrained individuals, but are seeking respect by the means of force. Like one of the definitions of discipline was control gained by enforcing obedience or order. And they seek to bring that respect by force of a gun. You know, make just the same how they used to. He says, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmarks which they of old time have set in thy inheritance. Hmm. We're talking about discipline, orderly or prescribed, right? Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Training that corrects modes or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. Discipline. We must be disciplined when it comes to ministry or church. For example, uh, folk are more excited to go to church now because of singing. Because of praise and worship now. Used to be a time we understood we're going to church because we need to hear a word from the Lord. See, old school taught us how important the word was. Uh, it, it, see, when you was around some old school aunties and old school mothers in church and, and you talk, and you might have found yourself getting your arm twisted real, real hard for about 10 seconds. And, and you frowning up your face, wanting to cry, and they'll lean over and whisper in your ear while they still got your arm twisted. Yeah. I dare you to drop a tear, I dare you to make a sound. While they still holding you like, what in the father, what am I supposed to do? You still pinching me while whispering to me at the same time, giving me instructions about while I better not cry, but you inflict the pain upon me. How lunatic is that? But the old school meant it. No, I'm gonna get you right where you do it. You You wanna act up in church, then right here in church is where I'm going to correct you. You brought it upon yourself. See, that's old school nowadays when the preach word is coming forth uh, 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 listen don't misinterpret me i understand babies have got to cry but in the old school when the baby was crying the usher had enough sisters to say, hey come here you got to take that hollering baby come on out to, outside go in the foyer somewhere take that baby to the bathroom the word is going forth they had enough reverence and respect for the word and for the the person who was carrying the word at that moment nowadays baby be crying all on the Front row, ah, ah, ah you just pet just, ah, them and you pet them all out. It sounds like you petting his back in the microphone of it, just, ah, 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 he just hollering and crying. Ain't nobody got no respect for the word. For the word, for the word. It used to be such a reverence and a respect for the people of God used to be a time that when you knew the pastor or the minister came into your presence and and you know how it was, folk who spoke and folk who drank, listen, they would put that cigarette behind their back. They would put that beer bottle behind their back or they're going sitting around the corner on the side of the house because they had respect for the man of God. And I get it because of some foul pastors and some false prophets and and some lying evangelists and and some perverted apostles. Listen, a lot of people have lost respect for the church but i declare unto you there were still some of us that believe that holiness is right righteousness is still right living holy is still right who believe is still honoring god and honoring his people all of us have not bowed down elijah all of us have not bowed down there were still some prophets out here who are willing to declare what thus saith the lord Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time has set in thy own inheritance. How, how come we're more excited about singing? And, and please don't misinterpret me. We understand singing is a part of the kingdom, the kingdom. But you find more people going to church because of singing. Or you find more people going to church because of entertainers. Not because they want to hear a word that's going to prick them, to hear a word that's going to convict them, confront them, challenge them to bring about change in their life. That's not why we come to church, no. I'm coming because I like the music. They got good music here. And he preaches good. Tell me, what you got out of that 20 minute message? Oh, my bad. What you got out of that 20-minute massage? They they told you they prophelied to you told you how you about to have a million dollars. You about to get a new house, you about to get a new car. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up, yo, who about to come? They try to encourage you in your singleness. Uh, now, listen, listen. Li- There's nothing wrong with your singleness. When you're single, matter of fact, Paul, listen not know when you're single, you can devote more of your time to God. You don't have nothing distracting you. You don't have somebody distracting you, pulling on you. I can understand for those who are single why you despise being single. This is one of the best times of your life because make no mistake about it. I ain't got nothing bad to say about marriage because it's good. It's good. But understand listen, there were some bad times in, good, in the good marriage. There were some bad moments within the good marriage. Oh, yes. Where we're fighting, where we're liking up, we're browbeating, we're undercutting, uppercutting one another with our words. You got to understand making another person feel like they're. Lonely or single while being married because you better not touch me. Uh, oh no, I ain't wearing nothing sexy. I'm gonna wear this raggedy cotton blind blouse a bit, and I'm gonna put my red my head rag all on my head. You better not have nothing to say, getting consequences and all kind of things. Somebody has moved the barriers. Cause when you go to old school, I can remember my grandmother, even when my grandfather, when he was a drunk before he got delivered, after he would come home from a hard day's work and would be cussing everybody who he can and won't to because he is tight as a letter. He was cussing out anybody he wanted to and would dare anybody to say anything. But my grandmother and all her humility still came and served him like he was a kid. She didn't bring him no paper plate and no paper cup. No, she brought his food after he just cussed her she still came and brought his food, brought him a glass, uh, then brought his bill bottle, and not only that, brought him a plate of hot steaming piping food right out of the, the hot pot. She served him like he was her king. Mm, somebody has moved the lamb on because nowadays, when wives have they halfway want to serve their husband, you understand? Oh, but let it be them little nappy head children. Yes, I said it because some of your children got nappy head. You understand what I'm saying? If it ain't yours, then just pay me no, never mind. Disregard what I said. And matter of fact, nappy is a popular thing nowadays. You ought to embrace your nappy. So, what I'm saying is, some of y'all nappy head little kids, when it's your little nappy head kid, oh, you gonna serve them like they the little king or like they the little queen in the house. Oh, you're gonna bring it right to them. You want any more? Mm -mm. Eat all your food, mama. mama What? How is it that the child gets more service than the husband? Somebody has moved the lamb. Baby, you ain't can't find that in the old school. Before I serve a child in the old school, I got to serve the king of the castle. I got to serve the man of the house before any child should be served. All out of order. Here, here, me and my baby, because my baby, here, my baby took out the one and the father, and you wonder why this man is looking at you crazy, and you wonder why this man is struggling with staying in this house, where it appears that he has one put out the door, because it looks like you're making love to your kids, what a perverted relationship somebody has moved the lamb or you don't have no discipline in how to deal with your spouse even when your spouse is acting a fool you will still got to act and show humility you still got to demonstrate love and walk in mercy before them when they acting a slam fool oh yes uh, this is the character and the nature of jesus the christ the messiah Somebody has moved the landmark. Yo, your mama told her, child, don't you take that from no man. Mm-hmm. Now, your mama ain't got no successful marriage right now. Even though she's still in the marriage, they sleep in a separate room. Did she tell you that? That they sleep in a separate room? Did she tell you the last time? Cause See, my mama has not been afraid to tell me that her and my daddy still have intimacy. I bless God, because listen, I want longevity like that. Yes, Oh, Baby, in my 90s, I still want to be, Oh, okay, get out my business, get out my business, get out my business. You got To understand, they blessed me with some good genes, and I say, God, as long as I'm here, I want longevity. God, you got to understand, but there are some people they ain't gonna tell you the truth. They got a facade on. They faking and falsing and fronting in front of you. As soon as you leave, they cussing each other out and they arguing all day and all night and they go to separate rooms and they ain't talking no more. It's a bunch of silence in the house and they be good when somebody else comes to the house because guess what? It breaks up this silence that was here in the house before you got here your mama teaching you? Your mama teaching you how to be unsuccessful in relationships. And if your daddy was a Rolling Stone and you trying to follow, he already done showed you how to be unsuccessful. Because of his fearful, scary self, scared to commit to something, devote to something. His scary self. Now you trying to be just like him, want to be a player, player. No, what you're really telling us is you're afraid of commitment. That's what you're trying to tell us. Ain't about how many chicks you can get, how many chicks you can bang. You're afraid of commitment is what you are. I said it. Yes, I did. Yeah, you're afraid of commitment. That's why you can't hardly commit to nothing but yourself. Talk about how you want to help in the church and we can't find you. you get out of here with your line. Scare yourself. Your like Yeah, I said it. Afraid of commitment. So listen. The landmark has been removed, scared to be present in church, but it takes a discipline to remain present in church. Even when the church suffers attack, even when the church suffers abuse, even when the church is going through a season where the enemy is constantly attacking the church it takes discipline to remain faithful committed devoted and loyal to what god said according to the vision what god said according to the region where god called the ministry it takes discipline to remain somebody has removed the landmark that's why you find folks church hopping all the time soon as they hear a piece of real truth i don't like that church i ain't going there no more I feel like the pastor was talking about me. Or, or you told the pastor something that you said was in confidence, right? And then you heard something similar in the message. Now, he telling my business. No, ain't nobody telling your business. Your business ain't that important to come talk about over the sacred desk, the pulpit. Nothing about you that's so interesting to come talk about. Do you understand? There were other people out in the audience, out in the world who were just like you with issues problems, circumstance, situations. And you done made this be about you. Hey, but what you are is narcissistic. Somebody has removed the landmarks. See, old school taught us how to be humble. <laughs> Ooh, old school taught us how you got to humble yourself. Mm they would say you got to be humble. I know they said it and you don't like it but you have got to be humble. You got to treat everybody right is what old school would say. They would tell you do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You got to be humble. We don't hear about humility in this day and age as much. All we hear about is grace and money houses and cars and marriages and all this stuff. Oh but somebody need to talk about humility, and somebody need to talk about obedience and discipline. He says, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's land, which they of old time have set in thy inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the name of the Lord thy God. Give it thee to possess it. There was a certain way you must conduct yourself, behave, uh, in, 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 in the manner of you must discipline yourself when you come into this land. There are already landmarks, distinctions, markers, boundaries, borders in this territory that God has given you. That's why we laugh some days when folk come in and try to say things like this church is a cult because we have a vision that God has given us in this church, in this ministry, according to his word. When you look at our vision, just our five point vision. It is all backed by the word, but because people have an issue with the word, they would tend to try to leave you as being a cult. No, because we discipline ourselves to live according to the word or we discipline ourselves to preach line upon line, preach up upon precept. Up, I ain't going to start right here and then take you all the way up unless that's what my text called for. I'm gonna preach what I'm reading to you. Mm. I ain't gonna give you this fancy title, and then start whooping and talking about, oh, and it wants to bless you uh, when you're in the valley. Now I ain't talking about no valley. I'm talking about discipline. Uh, you ain't got nothing to say about the scripture, so you want to jump over here about the valley? You ain't studied to show yourself approval, working right to the divide in that word. So you want to jump over here to Psalms number twenty-three? We ain't in the Book of Psalms. I'm trying to bring you no comfort. Oh, you don't like that, and I know you want me to stop, but somebody help me! I ain't gonna stop till you good enough. He says, "Which thou shalt in heaven, and the land of the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it." Now understand, there is no discipline when it comes to holy living holy must be holy holiness must be holiness and and unholy must be unholy right must be right and wrong must be wrong black must be black and white must be white stop trying to make it be a gray area stop trying to make it be an in-between there is either black or there is white there is holy or unholy right or wrong that's all it is stop trying to make it be an in-between See, that's what new school would do. Nah, I'm dwelling somewhere right here. Fifty shades of gray. You foul, perverted devil, with your fifty shades of gray. No, it's either black or it's either white. Ain't no gray in here. No gray in here. Get out of here with your fifty shades of gray. Lying. Deceive a like it's something other than holy and unholy. Right or wrong. Righteous or unrighteous. Black or white. No, there is no in between. And we need discipline. Either you're going to be right or you're going to be wrong. Either you're going to be disciplined to be holy or be unholy. You're going to be disciplined to be righteous or unrighteous. This requires discipline. No in between. And this way, folk want to buy and act all loosey-goosey in this in between. Where did the in between come? It came from this new school. But I dare you, you get around some old school believers and they'll let you know, mm-mm, mm-mm, uh-uh, 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 it's holy or unholy, baby. Oh, you got to be holy. They'll tell you holiness is still right. You got to understand, as young as I am, the baby face worshiper, ah, yes, I said it. The baby face worshiper, yes, uh, I got a little old school Tell me holiness is still right. It is needed. We are call- The church should be calling for it. God demands, he said, be holy for I am holy. It's a commandment, it's a demand coming from God. But you ain't got no churches talking about being holy. Because their, their definition of holiness is you dressed in all white, you have it alone dressed down to your ankles, uh, you having your wrist covered and no earrings and no makeup on, you understand? But, but that ain't what holiness is. The Bible says this holiness is love acted out, demonstrated before and unto others. It's being called out, it's being separated from the unclean things. Somebody has moved the landmark because now instead of living holy, we live any kind of way. It's all right, because once saved, always saved. Or I can do whatever I want as long as I repent. And if I repent, I'm going to make it into heaven. I can go and be just as foul as I want to be. But as long as I repent, I'm going to make it into heaven. Mm, what a deception, what a deception, somebody has moved the landmark, used to be old school, when you heard old school, because there is no school like the old school, there was a discipline in the old school preachers to preach about hell, and the lake of fire, and you don't hear about hell, and the lake of fire being preached about anymore, Mm -hmm. The Bible lets us know some are going to be snatched out of hell's fire by way of fear and you don't hear preachers preaching about the lake of fire. Well, let me say this to you right here. If you never preach about hell, if you never preach about the lake of fire, it is real because God Pendant. God made sure to write about it. And if you never re- preach about it, it doesn't change the fact that he's already written about it. But I'm so glad that we are a people that we speak about, we preach about, we teach about, prophesy about hell and the lake of fire and won't nothing change. Because We won't remove the landmark. It is a real thing. And if you fail to live right, live holy before God, hell is where you'll be lifting up your eyes. you ain't got preachers willing to talk about it anymore. No, they want to tell you. Now the word that said you can now come boldly before his throne of grace. It tells you all of that. But there is no more repentance for that sin. No, you can't keep thinking you're going to keep doing it, and it is okay. You're right. Ain't nobody massaging over here. Oh, no. Ain't no fluffers over here. (laughs) We ain't no fluffers over here, but No, we're going to give you a message. And that's for all the preachers that want to massage for fluffing them. Ain't nobody about to fluff you over here. We're going to give you a message. Hardcore truth. And this is my thing. Old school gave us the example. Old school was like, ah, man, nah, man, you, you got to tell the truth. Or you would hear old school say something like, you got your eight, hey, nah, you got to keep it real, man. It went from keep it real to new school said, listen, keep it 100. We'd be 100, man. Listen, hey, just tell me the truth. I just want the truth. I just want, to Just be real. What a lie. Because as soon as you keep it 100 with them, And and, and you have to talk about their foulness, you have to talk about their error, you have to talk about their sin, how offended they become. When they say, just keep it real, just give me the truth, tell me the truth. And when we give you the truth, you immediately offended about something you said to give you. For the love of Jesus, I can't understand that mindset. I don't want to be nowhere near that kind of lunacy. Are you going to ask for what you want then we give it to you? Are you offended? Because you know what? You have lied. This new school has lied to themselves, talking about they want to keep it 100. They want to just tell them the truth. They want to keep it real. You lying to yourself. Somebody has moved the landmark from the old school when they say keep it real. Oh, we got to tell you like the T.I. is, like they say. Got to tell you like the T.I. is. This is what it is. On the root of the titter, that's what they used to say. And we do you a disservice if we tell you anything other than the truth. We are failing you if we tell you anything other than the truth. I'm willing to risk your friendship. I'm willing to risk your membership because understand what he called me to say, who he called me to be. I value that more than your membership, your friendship, because I'm trying to make it into heaven. And when I see him, I want to see him in peace. I want to hear him say, well done. (laughs) that good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear the scariest thing that you could ever hear from God is depart from me, I never knew you. I'm not trying to be in that space or place where I hear God have to say, depart from me. I never knew you, no. I want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Mm. See, that's old school right there. Old school, used to preach it all the time. I want to hear him say, well done. My God, I I get excited off of that. I want to hear him say, well done, not depart from me you can run that risk. You can play Russian rush with it all you want to know. I got my mind set on one thing. I want to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. I would not allow the landmarks to be removed from my life. It is a boundary. It is a marker. It is a, it is a border where I must discipline myself to stop, not to go past this. So he says, listen, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance. Some things have been set in your inheritance. Listen, the landmark comes with your inheritance. With what God has given you, there are some things that just automatically comes with it. And y'all know, for us, people try to make us say, listen, listen, this is not about working, working, working. It is not about work, 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 work. Well, that's a lot. There is some work that has to be done. There is some work that has to be done. For example, if you put on the arm of God, I think putting on armor is work. If you stand in the gap and pray for somebody as an intercessor, that is Work. When you got to go and labor and prayer to come out of his presence in here and, and, and put a pen to a song that he just gave you, now you got to compose it, put the harmonies, and the melodies, with the music, and, and, and put everybody in their proper place and when they got to come and sing this, that is work. To bring my blessed subject in order to hear the word of God, that is work. And they lie to you if they got you thinking you ain't got to do some form of work as a believer. It is a lie. Matter of fact, even when you go back to the days of Adam, listen, he put him in the garden to do what? Work the garden. The region that God has placed you in, meaning the place that you abide in, listen, it is a garden, and you are placed there to do what? Work the garden, till the garden. There is work that must be done. If there wasn't work, why would he say, listen, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers, why would he call us laborers if no work was involved? It's work breaking open this word, dividing it, right to divide. That is work. They lied to you telling you there's no work involved. Somebody has removed the landmark thinking that, well, this ain't about no work. This is about, it is about your faith, but there is work in a matter of fact, to walk by faith and not by sight, that is work. To trust what God said about my life, who I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, that is work. They lie to you. Somebody has removed landmark. So some things that you inherit, the landmarks are automatically established in the blessing. He says, "Which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God gives thee. But so understand, whenever God gives you something, it comes with landmarks. It comes with boundaries on how you're supposed to handle it. What your conduct, your behavior is supposed to be when God gives you the blessing. Understand, the blessing comes with landmarks. For example... For me to be over the ministry of COP, right, it comes with landmarks. I cannot, he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. There was a certain way what I'm supposed to do, right? There's certain work that I'm supposed to do, a certain manner in how I'm supposed to conduct myself as the leader. If I'm doing anything contrary to this, I have removed landmarks. I have crossed the boundaries. I have went past the markers that God has set. There's a problem. Because you got a lot of leaders and a lot of lay members who have crossed the landmarks or the markers of the boundaries. And that's why many of the churches are in trouble. Because we winked at some stuff. You How are you going to wink at what God is no longer winking at? The devil is alive. Open up your eyes. That's why he said watch and pray. Stop winking at what God is no longer winking at. That's why we say when the homosexual, well, we just trying to understand. Understand what is wrong. There's nothing to understand that, but it's simply it's wrong. It, we ain't got to talk about love. You know how to love them. You know you're supposed to love them. You ain't got to convince them about no love. They kind of convince you to embrace their lifestyle. The, the I ain't embracing your sin. I know how to separate my love from from embracing your sin. Just about the homeless. This is to the drunk, this is to the rebel, this is to the liar, to the deceiver, to the whoremonger. I know how to separate my love from your sin. I don't embrace your sin, but I embrace you, the individual. And you mad about the fact that I'm not embracing all of you and your lifestyle, all of you and your sin, it won't happen. I love you more than I love God. You can get the step, and you can get along with the get along gang, is what you can do. And I wish somebody would go ahead and be real in the church because somebody has moved the landmarks. Now, I'm going to woosah. I'm going to touch my earlobes like they did in a movie because I'm trying to calm myself down. But understand, I pray that this word has encouraged you on today. And I'm reminding you, there are landmarks, there are already markers that God has set within the blessings that he's given you, within the inheritance that God is going to release in your hand. That thing that God will allow you to possess, there are already landmarks in it. Old school has already put some landmarks that God has already told them what's supposed to be there. Don't go try to change it. Don't go try to change it. You understand? Don't go try to change it. No. He understood what he allowed them to put there. or told them to put there. It was good then and it is good now. We find ourselves getting in trouble because we're trying to change things. If God didn't tell you to change it, don't change it. Don't change it for the sake of the people. Because you think if I change this, I can get more people. Well, we're not trying to build a platform here. See, that's where you got many preachers trying to build a platform. And if they're not trying to build a platform, they're trying to build a brand. Understand, we're trying to build lives. So you ain't got many folk trying to build lives. And see, it takes something to be alive. In order to build lives, you must be available. You must be reachable and teachable at the same time. So understand, I'm teaching and learning and learning and teaching at the same time. I'm reachable also. Can not get that in some of these mega churches? Hmm. Only certain people can get to them out of here. When when you had Jesus walking in the midst of crowds, thousands of people. Oh, but now he ain't have no jet to fly nowhere. He ain't have no own personal donkey to ride nowhere. Matter of fact, when he rode. On a donkey, according to the prophetic word, he had to borrow somebody else's donkey. He ain't got no personal jet to fly. Oh, are you hot about this? Is to get me dead t- for the sake of time. He walked where he had to go, and he walked with and amongst the people. Listen, that's my two cents on the day. I already wushed out and tried to calm myself down and I'm coming back to the place. Listen, I hope you were encouraged by the word because there is no school like the old school. Don't try to move the markers of the boundaries of the landmarks that God has placed. It's placed it for a reason. It is necessary. It helps keep you safe where to go, what to do, how to do it. So understand, we talked about a value called discipline on today. And if you value your family, which I believe you do, discipline is important. Talk to your family. Encourage your family to be disciplined. Y'all be disciplined with one another. Be disciplined in your relationships with other people. It is necessary. Discipline will save your life. Just like obedience will save your life. Truth will save your life. And the landmarks will save your life. So I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, That if you are aware, and if you're not aware, that God will open your eyes to become aware of the landmarks that have been placed in your life. And some of these values, family values that have been placed down and passed down from generation to generation, I pray that you're open and that you're receptive to these landmarks that have been there, these these values, and that you would allow them to enhance and enrich your life so that you and your family can carry on the legacy can carry on the good name of your family while lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, allowing the glory of God to be on display in your lives. So I pray that you will receive this word. And take to heart, keep in mind the importance of the landmarks In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.